Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what was the source of anxiety and darkness that slowly lurked into the life of an unsuspecting child? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. You like the show? Keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Get access to all of those bonus materials, EPP bonus episodes, advanced episodes of the show. Uh, it's all commercial free. You can do it at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories and help support the show and get access to all those cool extras. Tony and Carol with you on today's episode of the program. What is going on? Hey, Fran. Hey. So... I, was it last week that we had um, Casey Kasem on for the first time? Yes, where Casey came back from the dead for the first time here on our program. Right? Yeah. And so um, the first story that he read was this story that was super creepy, but with Casey Kasem reading it, it wasn't really creepy, and it made me laugh really hard. And then I felt really bad because I'm like, this person legit sent in a story. Mm-hmm. And then we're laughing our asses out, off at Casey Kasem reading it. <laughs> so, because I couldn't help myself. So I got a message from that guy. Yeah. And he said, um, hey, Carol. Um, is, that hey, how Carol his vo- is that how his voice is? Hey, Carol. <laughs> I have no idea why I said it like that. <laughs> he said, I'm the guy who sent in this story with the medium husband. I'll add, um, he's in, he's not a large. He's a medium. Dun-dun-dun. He is a husband, as in a guy who is a medium. Um, the one Tony aired in Casey Kasem's voice. Thank, thanks, y'all, for that. I love the lighthearted aspect put into it. I wanted to personally let you know when you mentioned out of respect, because I felt like it was kind of disrespectful to mm-hmm. him, but it was really funny. There was no disrespect felt. Thanks, y'all. And then I said, well, I got to laugh real hard. And... um. I'm so glad you weren't offended. He said, I was not. Us gays, well, the majority, we have pretty thick skin anyway, so it takes quite a bit. So I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Because I was a little worried about sure. that person. And it's funny because I never know. Like, is it a, half the time? Is it a guy? Is it a girl? And especially yeah. that one in the Casey Kasem voice, I had no idea. It does make you wonder, though, how, how Casey feels about, you know, doing this from the grave. <laughs> And I okay, think I think we got a message something here. To add. We got a new thing from Casey. Hi again. This is Casey Kasem from the grave. Spooky <laughs> shit. I know. I'm glad I could expel all my supernatural powers to read a fucking ghost story. I could be finding a cure for cancer or maybe save someone from falling off a bridge as a ghost. But no, I'm talking about a fucking ghost story and a dog dying. <laughs> okay. So I'm sensing a little bit of frustration from Casey. I think there may be a little bit of like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I could be doing all these other bigger things with these, you know, new supernatural powers, but okay. Well, you know, uh, that's where Casey stands these days. I like hearing him cuss. I know. Can you play it one more time, please? Okay. One more time from Casey. 
Hi again. This is Casey Kasem from the grave. Spooky shit. <laughs> I know. I'm glad I could expel all my supernatural powers to read a fucking ghost story. I could That's be finding right. a cure for cancer or maybe save someone from falling off a bridge as a ghost. But no, I'm talking about a fucking ghost story and a dog dying. <laughs> <laughs> what I lo- what I love about it is like it it, it puts like natural breaths in there. You know, so, it does, doesn't it? So it really like sounds like, oh my god, like he's taking a breath, but oh my god, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, I like the kind of ran, random emphasis on things, <laughs> yeah, that kind of unexpected, it's like, hmm. but it's also kind of him too, how he would talk, which I think makes it a little, I don't know, like it's just, it sounds so spookily real. Ah, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our uh, next story. It says, so ever since I was a little kid, I remember several instances where things just did not feel right. Over the years, I've become rather sensitive to many supernatural events. I've been able to hear voices clear as day and been able to feel someone in the living room with no one living person is there with me. I have been scared out of my mind before, but also intrigued. And I have plenty of stories to share. But for now, I'll stick with just a couple. The two that stick out the most to me. When I was about 13 years old, I was lying on my couch watching TV with our family dog lying on the floor. Everything was perfectly normal. There was no eeriness to any part of that day. I was the only one in the house at the time. Parents were at work, sisters were out with their friends, and I was just enjoying having the house to myself and all the power of the TV remote all mine. But things turned a little sideways when across the room in the kitchen doorway, a voice called out. Mom? This one simple little phrase came from the voice of a little girl. I turned to look into the kitchen at that exact same time. Thank God we did. We both heard the same voice again, and I was the only one home. I made sure to check if anyone was home by calling everybody. In the end, there was no explanation for the little girl's voice. The voice was too young sounding to be either of my sisters. And again, even the dog heard the same voice from the same doorway. I sat staring at the doorway while all the hair on my body stood on end. I heard the dog shift from her spot, and she stood up and bowed her head, sniffing at the doorway staring at it as well. That was enough for me. I shut the TV off, and me and the dog both went out for a walk until my parents came home. I was not staying there by myself. I tried to tell myself it was just my mind playing tricks on me, but the voice was so clear, and even the dog heard it. The voice was real, and there was no one living in the house at that time. As days progressed, two more members of my family heard the voice, including my own mother. When she heard the voice, it was the same thing. Mommy? And she responded because she thought it was one of her own daughters. She was caught off guard and she realized that the voice was too young to be either one of her daughters. She did not seem to be malevolent, but it is still eerie to hear her voice when you're home alone. Another occasion I had within the same household is a story a little more sinister. The first thing to mention is that I do come from a religious family. Christianity has been my religion since I was little. However, that has not stopped the creepy situations from happening. On this specific circumstance, things made me feel afraid, nervous, and possibly in danger. 
And this literally happened just last year. The assignment may not be as creepy, but for me at the time being, it was not normal, nor was it even in my own thoughts. The story occurred like four to five in the morning. The house is quiet, dark. My bed was against the wall of the room and the window to my room was across the foot of my bed. For some unknown reason, I always slept at the foot of my bed. It just was more comfortable, I guess. I woke up to a random sensation on the left side of my body. I was freaked out at first as it was only the left side of my body. I thought I was having a health problem, but it was the same sensation from a little girl's voice as if there was someone nearby. I acknowledged the sensation and sat there wide awake waiting maybe to hear her voice again, but that's when it got more sinister. The most sensitive spot was my left shoulder that happened to be in the direction of the window across the room. Pins and needles ran rampant across that specific spot of my arm. At that time, my mind acknowledged the distance between me and the window. I just thought that was weird. I said an important detail right now, and I got that feeling you get when you can sense someone is close to you. That was a feeling I got my mind still focused on the distance. All that led me to realize those two feelings were telling me that someone or something was at my window in my room. When the realization finally hit me, things took a darker turn as I had my eyes closed at whole time to focus on those sensations. Images began flashing through my mind. Horrible images, pictures of goat eyes and heads, things that just seemed sickening. I shot my eyes open and did not close them again. I got up from the bed and watched the window as I walked over to my bookshelf and grabbed my cross necklace. I felt afraid and nervous that something was about to happen. Whatever it was, it was something that I truly felt was malevolent. I made a beeline for my parents' room to wake them up to tell them that there was something in my room and it was not good. I described the situation to my mother, who was at the main was the main religious person of our family. She didn't hesitate to grab her own Bible and head into my room with me. We sat on my bed with the lights on, and she prayed with me. I didn't close my eyes while we prayed. My eyes were glued to the window. We stayed there telling the sensation that it had no place here. After about 15 minutes of praying and reading scripture from the sensation left the room. I could literally feel it leave the room. Ever since, there's not been a problem, but it is one that has definitely stuck with me. I hope this story gets shared as I feel it's an important situation to acknowledge. Evil things are among us, and I just hope no one else will come across something as scary. But maybe this will help someone know how to fight back against those malevolent sensations. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome um i think what's awesome is that he or she like a lot of times you know the kids will go tell the parents and the parents are like go back to bed yeah but in this case the mom jumped into action mm -hmm. and i love that yeah like the mom did what she needed to do and probably wasn't like totally sure what she needed to do herself because it's not like, you know, I feel a dark presence in my room. Yeah. I mean, if Harper came to you, you would be like, let's record it. And well, Harper would Harper, be like, that sounds awesome, Harper Dad. Harper would probably already be recording it. She'd be like, <laughs> right. 
Dad, I got tape recorders. You gotta get in here. I can't leave. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how that would work. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Your daughter would probably be like, I think I've got something. Yeah. Or or she'd like conduct a whole investigation and then show me tomorrow and like not even tell me she did it. It's like, you did all this? Yeah. You gotta check all the stuff out I got. (laughs) I couldn't leave my room, Dad, because I needed to catch it. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just so funny with her. I mean, just it almost feel it feels like week after week, she gets a little bit older. Like just you know, like it, mentally, like it's like what used to be like you know months and months, you know, kind of like shifting and like as they kind of grow. I feel like it's just happening really fast right now because I just get blown away by some of the stuff she says or her perspectives on things. It's like, how did you know about this or that? And it's like, I'm at, and she's like, can give you all her sources. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's and I like think hearing, just hearing a kid's voice say mommy, like that is super creepy to me. It is. That's creepy. And that would be really weird if you were a mom. Mm -hmm. Because you feel like, I think any woman would probably feel maternal. But it would be like, you need to help this poor lost child. Or is it a poor lost child? You know, is it something mimicking a child? I don't know. Casey Kasem is going to chime in, isn't he? In a moment. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't respond. And then I'm like, oh, Casey's got something to say about this. Just we're talking about the mom thing, you know, and, and the, the creepiness of hearing that just being said, you know, especially, you know, from a child. But, right. I mean, but picture yourself, you know, like you're deep in the forest. And then suddenly you hear, Mommy, Mom, Mommy dearest. Casey is thirsty. <laughs> is it feeding time yet? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, what is that? It's like baby Casey Kasem, but like an old man Casey He's Kasem still, voice. I just don't get it. Still has, he always had the exact same voice, even when he was a, a, a small infant. It's, it's amazing. It's... Uh... <laughs> Lem, mommy dearest, Casey is thirsty. Is it feeding time yet? <laughs> Demon. Demon Casey Kasem. Demon Casey Kasem. Oh, God. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us. Uh, I had an idea for another voice that I thought would be kind of fun, and it would be relatively... Not too difficult to get a lot of audio put together on uh, Robert Stack. Oh, you must do that. And I'm I'm just going to grab, you know, like stuff from the Unsolved Mysteries, you know, between stories. So we had it's it's in that sort of delivery. And I think, oh, my God, we could have Robert Stack could like do the intro to the show every week. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. Wouldn't that be cool. <laughs> yes. It's like back from the dead. Oh my God. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's on my to do list this week uh, as okay. I slowly revive uh, dead celebrities. Uh, let's go to another caller. Hi, you are on the air. Hey, Tony. Uh, this is Tom in Virginia. Probably been a while since I've called. I think maybe like six months or so. 
Um, uh, I just want to say hi to you and Carol, Todd, and Harper. Um, I really like the the uh, YouTube bit you're doing with the uh, dad, daughter, and dad. That's I really enjoy that. You can really go a long way with that, I think. But anyway, let me get to my story here. Um, you have been talking quite a bit about um, visiting places where you lived at one time or maybe grew up as a kid. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, some friends got together, three of us, um, and we know each other all the way back to like sixth grade um, and grew up in the same neighborhood in Maryland. Um, two of us, myself and my friend Roger, we've been, we've stuck together since then. Um, the third one, uh, Paula, she moved to, uh, she eventually moved to Texas and she was coming up to visit some relatives and we got together and had lunch and everything and we decided to, uh, go through the old neighborhood in Maryland and, uh, we, we went through, uh, grade school or sixth grade and then uh, junior high school and then high school together and um, spent a lot of time together so it was kind of neat driving around and seeing the old the old uh, neighborhood but then we decided um, to drive into DC and um, Roger and Paula had actually uh, all three of us actually grew up in southeast DC and didn't know each other then uh, Paula and Roger were like within a block of each other and we went into DC and we were driving around and they were sh uh, they were showing where they lived and the uh, places they used to hang out and all that and then uh, I said do you want to go see my place I said it's it's uh, I don't know if you really want to drive down there but it was in Anacostia and it's um, near the old St. Elizabeth Hospital, which was a mental institution. It's, it's, it was a pretty rough area back in the 60s, so I know it's a pretty, it was a pretty rough area then. But we went ahead and drove down there, and uh, we came out on the street I lived in, lived on, grew up in, uh, and it was, it's kind of a hill, and it goes it, it, pretty good slant, you know, and, and we're at the top of the hill and I'm looking and I, I just can't believe this. And we drive down in front of my house. Now, granted, I'm 66 years old. We moved out of that house in 1963 when I was eight years old. And I'm back for the first time. So we're talking 58 years since I've been here. And... I got hit with it, with this energy that's hard to explain. It's almost as if uh, this energy was here waiting for me to come back you know, and reconnect with me. And all of these things that happened when I was a kid, I'm looking around the block here at the houses and I knew everyone in the houses right around me. My friend, I knew what house he lived in. I was thinking of him and how much time we spent together on the streets right here and on the spot that I we parked the truck uh, right in the middle of the street. I, I was nearly killed when I was a kid, when I was, before we left there. Um, matter of fact, I was, I came close to death several times. I fell out of a tree that really should have broke my neck. I don't know how I survived that. Um, I, I, drank, I ate a bottle of St. Joseph's aspirin, <laughs> and they had to take me in and pump my stomach. I managed to survive that. 
But right where we were parked with the truck, I remembered as if it happened yesterday. Um, we were playing tag where, I think that was it, and uh, or hide and go seek rather. And, yet, and the lamppost was always the home base. And we would hide behind cars parked along the street. And one day I ran out to tag the lamppost and a, a Chevy was coming up the street, one of them old 55 Chevys, and slammed on the brakes. And I mean, it stopped inches from my leg. And that's how close it came to hitting me. And I remember looking up and there was a woman named Mrs. Mabolas that lived across the street from me in a brick house. And she grabs her chest and <laughs> I got up and fell into the house. And came over the, uh, later that day and was yelling at my dad, you need to keep an eye on that boy. He's going to kill himself and give me a heart attack at the same time. And I would purposely try to do things that would upset her. I remember we used I used to run out of the run through the house and out the front door and jump off of the top steps, uh, which was top step of these concrete steps, and clear all of the steps and hit the concrete sidewalk and look over there. And then she'd be doing the same thing, grabbing her chest. Well, anyway, all these memories came back. Um, uh, one of the other things that happened to me is um, I had uh, my tonsils out and nearly bled to death because my throat opened back up and uh, my dad was at work and um, my mom didn't see me. But what I was doing was uh, it was bleeding and uh, I don't want to get too graphic, but the blood was coming back up and I was going through this constant thing of where I'd swallow a lot of blood and throw it up. And when my dad got home, I was probably as white as a sheet. And he just, I remember him just picking me up and carrying me to the hospital, out to the car and to the hospital. And so it's almost as if I had a guardian angel looking over me. But anyway, um, it, the feeling was just indescribable. I mean, so much energy. And I remember um, as we were pulling away, I saw this old man on a porch a couple of houses down. And I wanted to get out of the truck so bad and just talk to him and ask him how long he'd lived there and if he he was there back in the 60s. And this guy looked to be in his maybe mid-80s or something. So anyway, um, that's my story. And I wanted to play a couple of EVPs, if that's okay, uh, real quick ones. Um, I haven't been doing this for a while. His uh, his call cuts out shortly thereafter. We never get a chance to hear the EVPs, but um, but those that was his story. Or very, I he's I like his storytelling. So were these because I don't think he made it really clear. Were these stories that he had totally forgotten and everything kept rushing back to him? I believe kind so. Kind of because you know I could definitely see going back to your childhood area and if there's enough things that look the same, mm -hmm. you know, if you go back and everything's different. Um, but I could see it triggering memories. But he had said something at the beginning of that about feeling, so I don't know if he lived in a haunted house at one time and the, it felt like 
it recognized him or was going to attach. I, I didn't quite get that part. That I'm not clear on, but uh, I was just, uh, you know, going back to what you were just saying earlier on uh, the way that uh, the memories can kind of come back when you're in those sort of settings and environments. And it can almost be a little spooky sometime, too, you know? Right. Because it's, it's, I, I, I'm about to do that in a, a couple weeks here over Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to take a trip uh, into a town I used to live in. And just to go see it, I haven't seen it in 20 years. And it's, I I don't know what to expect, you know? And I spent a good couple years of my life there when I was younger and had a great time. And then it was like exciting and new and, you know, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I've, I've re-seen most places from childhood, but I've never gone back here. So, Well, and like, because... One reason I've never wanted to go back to that house that we grew up in mm-hmm. in Nebraska was that what if it does recognize you and it's like, aha, that's her. I'm attaching myself. Yeah. Like, it just feels like it opens you up to it again. Mm-hmm. Or does it like bring back that trauma? And so him just going back to visit sounds like it kind of did all that, like to remember those now I do think I'd remember if I almost got hit by a car. Sure. <clears throat> but um and shame on him for tormenting that poor woman. But um you know, I think going back can really trigger stuff. And so I could see, you know, if you haven't been back there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. It uh it's going to be interesting just to kind of see some of these places. And of course, the one restaurant I want to go to Closed on the days that I'm there. Oh, no. And it's still open, <laughs> but like, it's closed when you're oh there. Oh, my goodness. But, like, uh, there's some other stuff. I mean, it's just a restaurant. But to me, it was it was like uh, it was like a cheers to me back in those days. And that's why I was like, oh, I'd like to, you know, go see that one one more time. But I don't know. Let's go another caller. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Alexis. I'm just calling in to... Actually, I messed that up. Let me start over again, and hopefully you can edit that part out. <laughs> Say, I'm Alexis, and I've been listening to y'all's show for a little while now uh, on Spotify. And I just thought I'd share a little bit of my family's background first, because we have so many stories, more than I could ever hope to tell in my lifetime. Uh, but... So my grandma and my grandfather met in Mexico. So he was American and she is from a small town in Mexico. But they were at a party and he didn't speak Spanish and she didn't speak English. And so they decided to draw pictures to each other and that's how they communicated while he was there. And then by the end of the trip, he had decided that he couldn't live without her. And so he put her in his laundry bag and snuck her across the border. And this would have been, you know, way before there was as insane border control as there is now. Uh, So this is probably the 60s, 70s that he brought her. Uh, I don't know the exact date. But anyways, my grandma's family is dabbled a little bit in what a lot of people would call brujaria. But there's part of her family that dabbles in the dark side and then the other part dabbles mostly in what would be considered white magic 
good magic. Uh, but on her side, there's so many crazy stories of just things and things I witnessed as a kid that she would do. Even though she was strongly Catholic, there were some things that she would still do around the house. Like if any of us ever got sick, you know, she would use special remedies that would use like natural herbs and all kinds of things like that. And there was one time that when we had gone down to visit in Mexico, my mom had stepped on a bad palm, which is what they use to cleanse homes a lot in Mexico. And then they'd throw them out the window so the bad spirits leave with it. And my mom had stepped on one and my grandmother had taken an egg and done a cleansing over her with this egg saying prayers in Spanish. And then when she cracked the egg open in a glass, it was pitch black. And I was probably seven years old at the time, and I'm just baffled by this. But it was just little things like that that I would witness as a kid. And then on my grandfather's side, apparently his family's really in touch with some strange things. I mean, there are some of them that are into the masonry. And then there's his brother, who apparently when he was younger used to just go into automatic writing sessions where one day my aunt walked into the kitchen to get a glass of water and she saw her brother just sitting there at the table staring off into space, but his hands were moving. And she thought, okay, well, he's just being weird, I guess. And so she told my grandfather about it. And the next time that it happened, they decided to go into the kitchen and put a pen in his hand just to see what he was writing about in his sleep. But it wasn't any language that they had ever seen they said it was more like symbols that he was writing and then when he'd wake up he'd have no recollection of it at all there's also people in my family who have been so angry or so full of emotion before that things have shattered we're just kind of an oddball family honestly with everything that goes on uh, but the story that I'm going to share with you first is going to be just a really quick one since I took a lot of time explaining my family's background. Uh, but like I said, I'll call back with some of our more intense ones and definitely the one about uh, when my family used to live on the Trail of Tears in Mustang, Oklahoma. We didn't live directly on it, but right behind our house was the sign that said, now on the Trail of Tears, right by the highway. And that house was definitely the worst experience of my life and of my family's life. We ended up leaving everything behind. But like I said, I'll call back with that one because it is a long one. Uh, so whenever I was a kid, I used to see what I would call the bloody man. He would be in my aunt's kitchen every time I would go in there and he just scared me and to this day I can remember what he looked like just a tall older man with just blood pouring down his face and he scared the ever-living shit out of me I'm not gonna lie but it turns out that there are some correlating factors in my family's history about this uh, so it wasn't until I was probably 14 years old that I heard from my family that my grandfather had been 
molested as a child in his very small town. And all these people knew that these things were going on, but it was something that they just didn't really want to deal with at the time. And so my grandfather leaves and he comes back years later and he realizes that this man is still doing this to these children. And because of that, he decides that him and his buddies that had also been hurt by this man were not going to let him do it anymore. And so they went to this man's house and they took care of it. And it turns out that what was used to take care of this particular situation was stashed away somewhere in my aunt's house. And I honestly think that that's the bloody man I was seeing my whole life. But yeah, in that same house I used to see all kinds of things. It was just a very active household, I guess you could say. Uh, I used to play with what to me visually looked like just white. But somehow in my head, they weren't white, they were people. But they were always kind and caring and watched over me as a kid. And I was never scared of them. But yeah, that's my story. Thanks for listening, guys. And I mean, I hope to hear it on the show, but I know I was rambling a little bit. I tend to get a little nervous. <laughs> but thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for sharing that story with us. It's a story of murder. <laughs> Unexpected murder. And a body that was never found, but keeps returning to the living. It's, uh, I did not expect it to go there. No. And I want her to call back because I do want to hear that, that story about her house where they had to leave everything behind. Yeah. Um, but I was, when she was talking about the grandfather getting molested, Mm -hmm. like, do you suppose had he known that, like, the guy, you even kill him, and I don't know if it's him, but, I mean, it could be, mm-hmm. that he's tormenting his granddaughter. Like, like you, I would think if you would know that going into to it, you'd be like, we're not killing him, because it's not going to end. Yeah. That he, that's just so sick and twisted. Like, the guy was that... He comes Horrific. back and yeah, and it just keeps I mean, going. I don't know if that it's him, but I mean Yeah, maybe it's a pretty good theory. Yeah, it really is. And then like at the beginning of it, I was like, Oh, how cute that her grandparents met and they were just writing pictures and stuff. And then he carried her across the the border in a suitcase. I was like, <laughs> Oh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> She's got a fascinating family and I'm like as I'm listening to this story I was thinking I don't know if family get togethers (laughs) are great or are they just not great I don't know you go one way or another with her family it really could yeah I don't know but I definitely want her to call back yeah please do please do uh keep sharing your stories uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number and that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online if you like the show keep us on the air become an extra podcast person sign up at ghostpodcast.com 
or patreon.com slash real ghost stories get access to all the bonus episodes advanced episodes all of it commercial free we thank you in advance for that ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories for carol i'm tony thanks for listening to real ghost stories online